So here we are with our Cover 3 Athletics Week 3 Preview Podcast. As here are Friday morning, let's get into it. So Class 6A, we have four games on the agenda tonight. Starting it off, one of the heavyweight fights, Central Catholic, North Allegheny, out in Wilkinsburg. And this is going to be the next chapter in this great rivalry. Of course, the Vikings, 2-0 in the year. They held off Norwin last week to get to this point. North Allegheny, they won their week one opener over Penn Hills. Last week, they gave, they got their game postponed due to COVID, so they had a free day off. They come back this week with the extra rest preparation. We'll see if it pays off. And again, these two, the last, I mean, the last nine meetings, it's been back and forth in the series with the Vikings having won five of them. But it was North Allegheny who pulled out a wild 11-10 victory last year. But the real difference is, is North Allegheny trying to get back to the Whippeal Championship since 2012. As they've, as they've had a lot of good seasons, obviously. They've had a lot of good runs, a lot of good teams. But when it comes to playoff time, they've seemed just to not be able to complete the job. So this year, that's their mission. Such a calico, on the other hand, the defending 6'8 champions. They've had, they've had, they've won, I think, three Whitfield crowns since 2013 in the largest classification, of course. And you look at this game, both these teams are so similar because they're, their motto every year is power run mixed with strong, dominant defense. And again, this year, it's no different. But you do have some unfamiliar faces at quarterback. Brandon Pazell leads the Vikings. He had a really good week one. He kind of struggled last week. You know, how has he performed tonight? How much freedom does he have? Do, do the Central try to do more run game to protect him? North Allegheny on the other side. Greg Phillips started, but Tanner Potts saw some snaps. Are they going to stick with Phillips? What's the deal with quarterback? Because they have been known to use multiple guys to take snaps the last couple of years. So we'll see if they pull it again. It could be a case where we see a lot of running and just a lot of ground and pound physical football, which no one's going to be against here in Western PA. Now we look at now we look at the in-depth numbers on our week three big hits, which that article we published last night on Twitter and it's on our website. So please check it out. Um, but yeah, but this one I'm going to go Central Catholic. I just think the Vikings have a little bit more consistency, top to bottom. As well as, I think playing two games compared to one, I think we'll save something too. And I think coming into it fourth quarter, just have a little bit extra under your feet at this point will make a difference. I think the Vikings win another just low-scoring slugfest type of game between these two. Matt Levin takes on Hemfield. Both these teams try and get off the schneid. Both desperately want to get the bad taste that, that, that last week left out of their mouth. I'm going to go Matt Levin, and they're at home. Joey Daniels. You know, he's probably the best player on offense on the field. And I think the Blue Devils are going to have enough to spread off. Plus the fact that Hemfield lost by 38 to Seneca Valley last week. Not a good showing there. It's just hard for me to see them being able to overcome that in this one. And then Seneca Valley will take on Norwin. I'm going to say Seneca Valley, they're the favorites there at home. They should win this game. But watch out. The Knights, even though they're 0-2 and they lost, they showed a lot against Central Catholic last week in a game that you thought they probably would have been blown on in. They hung around the entire night. So don't sleep on them. Don't overlook them. Because these guys, they do have talent players. Like I said, top four make the playoffs. There's still plenty of time to make a move. And if you're Norwin, now is the time to try to get one back. So watch out, Southern Valley. And then the baldwin Canaanite game has been postponed because of COVID concerns at Baldwin. The same ones that prevented their game against any last week. So Baldwin, three games to make up now. That'll be interesting to see how that plays out later in the season. But for tonight's case, Baldwin has it off. And actually, I think Kane and Mac has it off too. Actually, is um, somewhere originally it said they were playing EF, but then that got 
that was no longer visible. So I'm assuming Kane and Max is taking the week off as well. Sections only three games in six A then. We go to class five A. We got the big one. Pierce Township, South Fayette in the Allegheny Six. Originally this was supposed to be an opening night, but of course COVID rearranged schedules. And also so there's a couple of non conference games that got nixed in order to make room for this one, which good decision, everybody. So Pierce Township, South Fayette. How do the Lions bounce back after just a lackluster showing a week ago in the loss to Shar Valley? And again, on paper and what we've come to know and see out of them is high-powered offense with tons of experience, Naaman Alamana directing it, Charlie Rossi, Joey Audi, Ryan McGuire, Shea Aikens emerged as the star, as, as, as a talented runner. But only seven points last week. Now we're used to seeing. We'll see what happens against a really good Indian defense who, again, you know about Donovan McMillan. You know about Corbin Hundrew. You've known about them for years. And then Braylon Carriage comes on the scene, coming off as four-interception night last week, two of them which he returned for scores. A guy to watch out for. But, again, they got so much talent on that team and experience. I like the Indians at home to win this one. And, honestly, I would have probably said this would be a nail-butter back and forth. But after kind of what we've seen to this point, I think they win this game by, I think, 10 points. I think they're just going to find a way to turn Alamont over to slow down the line offense. I do think they'll score more than 14 points, but I, I do think Pierce Township finds a way to win this game, like 31-21 or something. Pine Richland taking on Gateway. It's a non-conference game. The talk about a clash that, man, the last couple of years, could we have seen it? I mean, 2017, which was Phil Dracovic's senior year, that Green Ram team that ended up winning Whippeal and state titles. At the same time, Gateway had a really good team, which was Derek Darius' freshman year. They rolled through, won the Whippeal 5A title, and unfortunately lost in the state final to Archbishop Wood. And then and even, I mean, even the last couple of years, even last year, or the year before, you know, I mean, if they could play with a heck of a game. But now these two play with some of that stake, because this could be a preview of a semifinal or the Whippeal championship. So lots at stake here. Pirates trying to flex their muscles and say they're the top dogs in 5A. Gateway, you know, they've won two elastic championships. They've been in the semis each of the last three years. This is kind of their classification as of now. Do they keep hold of it? So I expect it's going to be a high-scoring affair. I, I mean, both teams have good defenses, but I think it's going to be about the offenses tonight. You saw Cole Spencer crew have no issues with upper St. Clair last week. I mean, I said, I, and then obviously Gateway's had no issues at all. I think it's going to be a race to see who can score 45 points. But I'm going to go Gateway on the road. I think the Gators just – I think Derek Davis is the best player on the field, two-way player. Carson Anglico has looked great the first two weeks. Patrick Body, Shamar Price don't get enough credit. And they got some boys on the line. Don't overlook Kavon Nelson, JT Taylor. Also, we know about Pirates and Miguel Jackson, one of, still very underrated as a pass rusher in the Whippy Hole. Harrison Hayes, a very good lineman, too. Also, you know about Spencer. Alex Gokies emerged last week with a couple touchdown catches. Luke Miller is a, is a very good two-way player as well. The running backs, Caden Schweiger, who's a, who's a better defensive back, Tristan Taylor, and such. I mean, Jordan Burns, they've all taken turns kind of carrying the rock. The one question mark, though, is Eli Yockham, the top receiver and defensive back they have. He got hurt early on get to a seat to not return. We'll see if he plays that. Hopefully he does. But, again, this one, again, going to be a great game. I like the Gators just for a little bit of an upset. That's the Park, Franklin Regional. This has to be Franklin Regional. If you're going to be a contender and try to make a push toward the title this year or in a semifinal, 
you got to win this game. Bethel Park's in a rebuilding year. I think next year will be much better and back to their standards. And two years on, they could be really good. This not yet. Frank Rangel, you have the experience. You have the veterans. You got to win this one tonight. North Hills, Woodland Hills, these rivals renew. Not as big of a rivalry for either side, but it's still a little bit of one. I like Woody High. They're coming in with house money. Deontay Williams, best player on the field of this game. Tyrick Scipio, Talon Brooks, Eshawn Carter. Too much talent there. North Hills can't pass the ball. I like the Wolverines to keep rolling. Obviously, Claire Latrobe. You know, these two decided to play each other when the schedule got rearranged earlier in time for this week. I'm going to USC. There's the better team. They're going to they're gonna be hungry after what happened last week at home. David Pantelis, does he play? He got banged up as well in that game. But I like the, I like the Panthers to make a statement tonight to get back on track. Penn Trafford and Shaler. Penn Trafford. Ethan Carr's best player. They're the better team. They should have no issue. Then on Saturday, it'll be a doubleheader. As Kiske beat Collinsville on Monday night, they both play on Saturday. As Kiske travels to Penn Hills. And Penn Hills is 0-2. The only bright side, though, both have been out of conference. This is their north. This is their northeastern opener. Same for the Cavaliers. Big game. I'm gonna go Pinellas at home. I think the Indians are gonna find a way to get the Schneider. The Duggar boys will hook up a little bit. Noel Roach, Roach, excuse me. Derek Topek, who's had a good start to his senior season, that's gone kind of overlooked. Dante Pollard, just too much talent there. But Kiski, but Kenny Blake, the one-man band for the Cavaliers. On offense, because they got a good defense too, though. And Logan Johnson came in to play quarterback mid mid first half and did well. Obviously, led them back. Don't overlook the Cavaliers, but I do like Penhouse to pull this one out. And then the other game, Connorsville host West Allegheny. The Falcons. How do you respond after really having it that you had in your hands? You should have won it, even despite the mistake that opened the door. You still should have held on up by 19 in the fourth. They didn't. They're owing to. How do you bounce back? West Allegheny, it's a non-conference game here, but again, it's just so much, and that's why these non-conference games matter, because it's about momentum and confidence, being able to go and maintain and build on. So the Falcons, they need to bounce back at home tonight to try to turn this around. West Day, on the other hand, keep on rolling. Keep on rolling. They had, a, I mean, they're one-on-one, they're coming off a big one over share. They had a, they had a, they got going, but just two-way against Moon. Gavin Miller's impressing. The Indians, if you want to compete in the tough Allegheny Six and be able to try to beat a Sapphire or USC or Peters this year, you've got to get this game. You've got to keep building that up. And I'm going to go. I'm going to go West on the road. I just think the Indians have something good. I think. I, I think Collins was going to have a hard time rebounding after what should have been a victory on Monday night. I think it's going to be tough. But Gage Gould, Kyron Kurgad, be fun to watch. Class Four A. The Greater Allegheny, and this could be, and this and this game could be the one we circle when you look at the, and look we'll listen about five weeks when we're talking about playoffs. Crazy to think we're already that close, but that's what happens when it's a shortened season. Mars taking on Plum, huge game here, and and we talked about in our big read or and our big hits article for the week. Mars goes as Teddy goes. If Ruffner could pops off for 150 or more, gets a couple touchdowns, I like the planets. But if Plum's able to contain him, limit him like Highlands did a week ago. And avoid and avoid any big slip ups in the in the past game. Then it should be the Mustangs. And I'm gonna go Plum on the road. I just think they have more talent. I think this talent's gone through a lot of losing the last couple of years, and they're ready to to make it pay off. And I think you know Ryan Humner has been very good at dual threat quarterback. Jake Miller's there to back him up. You know, I mean you I mean you have Logan Brooks who's emerged as the number one receiver, and he's been a big play guy through two weeks. 
Eric Eric Moores emerges the leading rusher. Billy Guzios can get carries. And you've got the Green Morning and Max Matulski, two-way players. Both are more than capable receivers. Both are really good at the defensive end. Plus, you got a couple of standout linemen if you're Plum. I just think Plum is the better team this year. And I think they have more than enough pieces to contain Teddy, to contain the Mars ground attack, make them have to try to drop back and pass it. Which Highlands, that's what they did last week. They contained Teddy and they almost won the game. If not for a fourth down deep ball, they would have won it. And, and Plum is enough that they could air it out. They can pound that. I like the Plum in this one. I actually like them have two touchdowns. Knock taking on Armstrong. Both teams just want to figure out about week two. Knock wants a restart to the season, and this could be a chance for it in the conference. Armstrong, you got Caden Olsen, who's a talented sophomore passer. He could be the best offensive player in this matchup. Knock got a little banged up a week ago. Honestly, I'm going to go Riverhawks in the upset. I just think they got, they've shown a little more mobility. They've shown a little more ability to spread out on offense. Knock just seems to be struggling right now. I like the Riverhawks in an upset. Indiana, Greensburg-Salem. This one a year ago was four playoff spot out of the Big Eight. Now it's a, it's actually a non-conference game. Actually, I take it back. I, I am sorry. It's actually no, it's actually a Great Island game. I'm sorry. So in the Great Island game, these two go at it. This should have the Golden Lions. I mean, they looked really good against Knock. It was 13-12, not the prettiest to score. It was still a lot of mistakes. But they found a way to win, and when it mattered in the second half, they made plays at the defensive end. I think they get number seven on one tonight, Golden Lions. Hampton and Highlands. Highlands, you hope this they can respond after what's just a frustrating loss. A week ago, Hampton's going to be feeling good. I bet I think Highlands has a little more talent, has a little more firepower on offense. They're able to contain Mars's ground attack, and it's like I said, if not for one big fourth down pass, they win that game. It, Hampton plays the same style as well, but they don't have a Teddy Ruckner. I think this time Highlands gets the job done against a run-heavy team, and they win this game. Blackhawk and Ambridge going at it. Um, and I mean Blackhawk. Blackhawk here without a doubt. I'm sorry, I got a little distracted there. Without a doubt, Blackhawk. Just a better team. Ambridge still trying to rebuild the program a little bit. But Josh Hathaway Company should have much trouble tonight. Newcastle and Central Valley. Big game here as this is a this is a non-conference clash. But uh, I like the Warriors. I mean, it's our not team. They they've been rolling. They're two and zero. They really haven't been tested at all. Newcastle's out on two. They were there right with McKeesport for half, and then just fell apart down the stretch. I think Newcastle is a great chance to get the get the boat rolling and kind of realign themselves. I think Central Valley is too talented, playing too well. I think they'll find a way to win. But I do think Newcastle will be in the game again in the second half, and the Warriors will have to play all four quarters this time. Hopewell taking on Chartreuse Valley in another non-conference game. I'm gonna go Colts. You're crazy not to at this point. They're two and zero. They're spirited and they beat Southland on a walk-off field goal in the final 17 seconds when everything, you know, really hadn't gone their way to that point. This team is for real for this year. I like for them to keep adding on. Alquip the Quaker Valley, a rematch of the Whitfield title a couple years ago, and a former not a former conference matchup no more. Alquip is going to roll in this one. Keystone Oaks versus Montour. Logan Shrub is the best player on the field. The Eagles are at home. They're 2-0. I like what I've seen out of them. Montour, 
They won last week, but I just I'm, they're just missing that pop that I'm looking for. I like the Eagles behind Shrub. And I think Shrub's a total of over 300 yards, and I had a couple touch and four touchdowns. Keys over his Trinity. Gotta go with the Tigers. Just too much there. And Terrence Clemens really kind of settling into the quarterback position in the in the flex mount offense. Ringgold versus Uniontown. I like the Rams to get off the schneid and get that win. And it's time to not and not wait the second half to get going on offense. West Mifflin taking on Laura Highlands. The star power is there. Pick commit Nakai Johnson anchoring the D line of the Titans. Where then you have the stellar sophomore, the two-way star, two-sports star, Ronnie Gallagher for the Mustangs. Both these teams have struggled scoring points as Laurel Highlands put up 16 on Ringwood in much uh, week one. West Mifflin has yet to score this season. Of course, they've gone up against TJ and Bell Vernon, so can kind of understand a little bit. Uh, you know, you, you look at West Mifflin, you question them because they're ineligible for the playoffs. They're 0-2 already losing to TJ and Bell Vernon, so barring something crazy, their conference title been in the big eight pretty much been shredded up already. So you just wonder, you know, you kind of and you question the playoffs are they're ineligible for, you know, do they lose motivation? Where are they at? Especially after two just ugly performances. Laurel Hans, on the other hand, they're very much in the mix for the playoffs. They're coming off a win. You know, they got a new quarterback in Joe Christopher. You got you feel a bit of positive juice around that team. I'm going to go Mustangs on the road. And then the big game, TJ Belvernon. Glenn, this has been the perennial big game matchup every year of the last handful of years, and here it is again. The Jaguars have won the last four meetings, including both last year, which the second was in the Whippeal title game. They score off. But this time, no Shane Stump, no Jared Harpin. Two loaded senior classes that played big roles the last three years have departed. You got some new faces and bigger roles now. Some other guys who have stepped up into those roles. I'm looking at, I mean, I'm looking at the primary ball, the ball handlers. For TJ, you got quarterback Jake Pugh, who's not missed a beat the first two games. And then when you have Ian Hansen, Preston Zandier, who are stellar two-way players, it's hard to not, it's hard to miss. Deron Van Bibber's been nice leading the rushing game. And again, TJ Staple, ground and pound, that strong defense. Like we talked about the Vikings and North Allegheny. That's their staple, too, TJ. But they've been able to air it out because of what they have on the outside. Belvoir, on the other hand, don't like to pass the ball. They, they don't like to pass the ball, and they, but they're not ground and pound. They like to spread They like to spread it out, read option it, and be creative with their run scheme. Dan Andon's done a great job with us. You know, he did a great job as the number two guy last year carrying the rough. Now it's his time to shine, and he's done that so far through two weeks. Devin Woodlock. Maybe under the radar is the best athlete on the field here. I mean, because the guy, the kid's just a beast. He's been a beast since he was a freshman in Manessa, and he's a beast. And, I mean, he's I mean, he's taken the majority of the snaps at quarterback. But, again, it's more of kind of like a wildcat situation where it's been out of there to kind of power and see what he can do. Jackson Jewel, Jewel has also seen snaps at quarterback in order to get Woodlock in different positions. So I really think it's this. If Devin Woodlock can take the game over and make plays, that's Belvern's best bet. Or TJ, on the other hand, if they contain and don't get the big play, I like them to keep going. I'm going to say TJ wins at home, and I think this one will be closer than both of last year's matchups. And Saturday night, St. Louis South takes Beaver. I'm going to go I'm going to go to the Bobcats. We're going to be frustrated to Brady Hansen. Unfortunately, towards ACL, is lost for the season. You feel bad for him. Best wishes, prayers out to Brady Hansen and speedy recovery. But I think this Beaver team could find a way to respond. And again, through adversity, 
the group of seniors is going to find a way to rally and get this win to kind of to try to turn the season around. Class 3A, the Allegheny 7, East A taking on North Catholic. And normally, it'd be a nice matchup. But this year, this could be your conference title game. Because both these teams have high expectations. Both are loaded with talent. North Catholic is, you know, I mean, coming in by a little bit of a surprise to us, at least, obviously by our season picks. And they've, and they've done a good job filling in, stepping into big roles and filling them. This one should be a shootout because both teams have just been scoring points like no other. But I'm going to go with the Wildcats. I think they just hit there at home. They have a little more talent. I just think they're a little hungrier because North Catholic, they've been there. They expect to be here every year. You get used to it. East Day, this team feels like they've been overlooked. They haven't given it the credit they deserve, especially making a jump from Class 2A to 3A this season. I just think this team is a little more of a chip on the shoulder. They're at home. They're feeling good. They're going to find a way to win this game. Derry taking on Freeport. I'm going to go Derry because, yes, week one was horrible for them. They looked good last week. Freeport's rebuilding. I think Derry, this is the ground upon style. The 30 defense is finally kind of clicking. They got a rhythm now. I think at home they're going to they're gonna shut down Freeport. But Ben Lane is a game changer, so Freeport wins. Look to him to be the one to do it. Valley taking on Deer Lakes, two programs who desperately need a victory here in 2020 as well as in their rebuild efforts. I'm going to go Deer Lakes. I think they've, they've shown a little bit more positivity in their two losses than Valley has. And I think the freshman Derek Burke leads them and, find, and they find a way. What could be a really competitive game. Then we look at the Interstate Conference. Southmoreland taking on Mount Pleasant. And this one's a tough one because the Scotties, they've been up and down, but they've been in both games. Mount Pleasant has been an interesting game. They've been interesting as well because you, you got to kind of have a thought of the trove last week a little bit. But this one, it's, it's in Southmoreland. Uh, and I'm going to go Scotties here because this interstate conference has been very hard to look at and try to figure out so far. It was harder this summer and it hasn't gone easier. I think Southmoreland behind Zach Cernuno finds a way just to do a little bit more, come up with one more big play down the stretch to, to eck out. It's going to be, I think, a really good game between these two. And a pivotal game, too, because both teams have shown that they're playoff, they're playoff caliber teams. The top two automatically get in. Third place is a chance in a wild card. A lot at stake here. If this conference is giving the feel that everyone's going to beat each other up at some point, I'm going to go to the Scotties at home. The Auk taking on South, South Allegheny. The Cougars come back home after nearly pulling off a crazy road win at South Park. How do they respond emotionally and mentally? Well, of course, South Allegheny, two games, two frustrating seven-point losses. They have to win this one because if you fall to 0-3 of the conference, that's hard to come back from, especially – when you still got Elizabeth Ford down the stretch to play, who, who are the heavy conference favorites. That's, I mean, that's tough. So, so simply because they have to, I'm going to go South Allegheny. I think Antonio Epps steps up and this team breaks out of the slump it's in. But, uh, but like I said, but this one is a tough one to pick. But just the fact that Yawk, they just need to show they can win a big game before we start going with them. Brownsville taking on South Park. I'm going South Park. They're the better team. Nate May and crew have shown more. They somehow survived last week. They beat, they came back to beat the Scotties. I think this week they have less trouble and win this one. Southside Beaver taking on Amherst in a non-conference clash. I'm going to go the upside here. I'm going I'm to pick Southside. I think Amherst, I mean, they've shown, I mean, they're good, and they've shown the ability to spread it out. 
But I just think the I just think the Rams with the ground and pound they play under Travel Peace and company is just gonna is gonna wear out Avonworth. I just think the Antelopes only had 13 points for all that offense to show a week ago. I just think they need a little more time to get in sync. Apollo Ridge taking on Burl, an interesting matchup here. Another, and again, Apollo Ridge playing in, in like a, a somewhat neighborhood rival, despite being Class 2A. And I'm actually going to go with the Vikings. Because the way they dominated Freeport is very impressive. This team is loaded and under the radar still. Burl, the high-power offense hasn't been so high-powered high so far. They have some new guys trying to figure it out. I think they're going to need a little more time. I like the Vikings at home. And then Elizabeth Ford taking on 2A foam bet center. I like the Warriors to roll in this one. Now we go to Class 2A, where, unless I missed this, I apologize if I did. Ligonier New Valley and Western Beaver do not have a game this week, so they're not going to play. Look at the agenda for tonight. Laurel takes on Riverside in the Midwestern Conference. And this is a knockout game, because this year, 2A, only eight teams make the playoffs, the top two from each conference. This conference is loaded. It's tight. Riverside already has two losses. Laurel's one and one. If Riverside falls down in three, it's gonna be hard to come back to get a, to get a top two spot. Laurel would be in position, and even two losses would be tough. I am. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go Riverside on the road. I think the Panthers. These guys are used to winning, winning and competing. Laurel has been solid. I think. I think this is just, this is just a low scoring, ugly type of game. Some type of funky score. I'm gonna say Riverside, 19 to 15. Mohawk taking on New Brighton. Mohawk, they had they had, they looked good week one. They hung around last Thursday but lost. New Brighton, I mean they have, they have high expectations. Nine Green's the best player on the field. You guys like they got uh, Keandre Ambercombe, jo, uh, JoJo Reynolds, Gabe Haddocks and such. New Brighton, I think wins this one comfortably despite only winning being on say six year last week. I think they bounced back. Learn from that. Take this one. Don't assume. And I think they find a way to win this one in big fashion. Elwood City taking on Beaver Falls. Whatever the Wolverines did, they need to carry over this week to keep it respectable. But I think Beaver Falls is too talented. Josh Hash, Luke Livingston, Tyler Jones and company. I think Beaver Falls wins this one being comfortable. And then we go to the Century. Waynesburg taking on Charleroi. Two teams who desperately need a win. I'm going to go to the Cougars to get them by the Pellegrini boys. McGuffey and Frazier, you feel bad for Frazier. They lose Brian Boggs, Kenny Fine, both the injuries a week ago. The status, not sure for this week going forward. Hopefully it's something serious. But McGuffey, the best team in the conference. They beat Wash Hardy, so you can say that. Just too much talent. It was going to be tough, a tough one for Frazier anyways, but the intrigue may not be there if Fine and or Boggs can't go. I like McGuffey to win this one by two scores either way. But if there's no Boggs and no Fine, I think it'll be even. I think it might be a mercy rule. Shar Houston, Wash High. Mercy rule here. Prexy's big. Sarah Catholic taking on Carlington in the three rivers. I'm sorry, the non-conference game. Used to be a three rivers game. I like the Eagles to keep rolling. Just too much talent. Brownwood taking on Steel Valley. I'm going to go Brownwood. I think Aiden Warnsinski's the best player on the field and is finally starting to get some spotlight that he deserves. Brown's been a little more sturdy as a program in the last couple of years. Steel Valley, you know, since their big runs in 2016 and 17, you know, it's kind of, you know, been a little bit up and down. This, I think this one's going to have a lot of points, but I think Brown's going to find a way to pull it out of the home. 
Starox and Shadyside. This is the first game of the year for the Indians. Um, so actually, I'm sorry, not the Indians. They're no longer using the nickname, just Shadyside Academy. Starox at home, you're going to be filming enough that they went in Avar like a week ago. They got the chip on their shoulder. I just think Zay Davis, Austin Jones, uh, Deontay Gibbons, too much. Starox wins one comfortably. And then Freedom taking on the Shanika. And a very important game in, in the Midwestern Conference as well. Freedom used a strong second half to pull away from Riverside. Nishanik took it to Mohawk. They come into this game, both these teams, it's, it's a coin flip, honestly. But I'm going to go with the Nishanik duo of Summerfield and Owens to outdo Freedom and Colbeck just because Freedom has had a lot of drama go on with the coach changeover, struggling last week, disappointing start here, and all that. Nishanik. They've had an extra day prepare. They're coming off a good win. They played good in week one, too. Freedom was really bad in week one, really good in the second half last week. I think Nishanik's been more consistent, They're and the Freedom's just all in the mess right now. Nishanik wins this one. And then Class 1A, we had a Thursday night game, and the Avella Eagles, your 3-0 and leaders of the Tri-County South. Who would have thought we'd say that? I mean, I mean, honestly, a lot of work to be done still, but – for a team that won three conference games, and I think the last three years combined, that's where we're coming from. Is so as they beat West Green twenty-one to twenty. Congrats to Avella. As they as they as it was a back and forth game. To sum it up real quick, Avella took the lead early fourth quarter to go up twenty-one fourteen. The Pioneers scored midway through the period. They decided to go for two and didn't get it, and then Avella held serve to hold on. So Avella twenty-one twenty winners there to take the lead in the TCS. So tonight's agenda, we'll stick with the Tri-County South. Jeff Morgan taking on Manesson. Talk about two teams who were optimistic and had high hopes for this season. Things have not gone their way to this point. Frustration's got to be there. I'm going to go Jeff Morgan at home. I think uh, Jonathan Wolf company just a little more talent than Manesson right now. Uh, I think they'll find a way to win this one. But I think it'll be kind of one of those, like, 14-6 games. Benworth taking on Carmichael's the Mikes. Be careful. Benworth does have some guys in Cabana. I know I'm Petrusik, but the Bearcats have nothing to lose. They're feeling good. But I think Carmichael's is the better team, and I think they'll find a way to win this game behind Bailey Jones, Mike Stewart, Trenton Carter. I think they'll win this one by at least two touchdowns. Mapletown and Cal. California, of course, had the week off. A week ago, they come back into play. The Maples trying to get things going with the Stevenson brothers, but I think California has no trouble there. In the Eastern Conference, Jeanette plays Amani Christian. Jayhawks should have no trouble. Springdale taking on Leechburg. An interesting game here because, again, in this call, in this in the class, top two from each conference make playoffs. Top two third-place third place teams round out the playoff field. So this so this game between the Dynamos and Blue Devils is huge for third. And this one, I think we're just I think this one could be one of the highest scoring games of the whole season. We could see we could see it be like a 55-45 shootout or something. But at the end of the day, I am actually – I'm going to go with the upside pick Leechburg, or at least the road team here, because Leechburg's already put the many points against a decent GCC team. Dylan Cook is the more veteran quarterback. He's dual threat. Braylon Lovelace is going to be a rising star in the Whippy Ole. Springdale is a good formula with uh, Logan Dexter, Calvin Kindler, Dimitri Fritch, Lenjanoski quarterback. And this, uh, this one should be a good game. A game that's going to be under the radar, I think. I'm going to see a lot of points, but I think Leach will find a way to squeak it out on the road. Clariton Riverview, Riverview, Bears should be up by mercy at the half.
And then we go to the Big Seven Conference, Burgettstown versus Rochester. How do the Blue Devils respond after just something that they haven't really been used to the last couple of years? It's just getting blown out. Just weren't having against Olsh last week. How do they respond at home? Rochester, they've looked fantastic this early in the season. As Salaiori emerged with Denny Robinson and Rashawn Reed in that rushing attack, Parker Anthony again coming up as a quarterback. And honestly, as I, I mean, I like Burgettstown. I love what they become. Shane Kepper is a dog and one of the more underrated players in the Whippy Bowl. You like what they've done. But you just feel like Burgettstown, you know, they got upset in the first round of the two-way playoffs last year. They, they, the second half in week one against Fort Cherry, they got outplayed and almost let a 20-point lead slip away. Last week they got shut out and got demolished by Olsh. You just kind of wonder where, where they are right now. It doesn't have the same feel it did do it, you know, towards the end of last regular season. Rochester is ramping back up, and I think the Rams ramp back up on the road tonight for the road upset. Cornell taking on Shenango. Interesting. Cornell, they're trying to have a new a new wave of talent, take the program by the horns. Shenango's time is now. Reese Watkins, best player in the field, and I think he and the Wildcats get out there and win this game. Union versus Northgate. I think the Scotties find a way to win this one behind the Vitale brothers and the younger group on offense. But if Northgate, this is, might be their chance to kind of stop the streak. But I do like Union at home. And then Fort Cherry versus Olsh. The Rangers have had some positives this year, but Olsh, clearly the better team. Jamar Pearson, a Zeman quarterback, a lot of the other guys they have. The Chargers, if they can beat Burgettstown by 42, you kind of get where I'm going. That I like them being tonight on the road. And then for the first time this season, City League talk. As City League football officially kicks off tonight, as of course the schedule rearranged because of COVID, but they're finally starting it off tonight. As it's a Friday day night doubleheader at Couple Stadium to open up city play with authority at 3:30. West Dallas takes on Brashear. Seven o'clock University Peppers Alderdice. Brashear, after a rough one-one season a year ago, comes into this year with high hopes, high expectations. Arguably, despite being a sophomore, Tamir Robinson's the best player in the city, leading the Bulls. They also have guys like Kevin Smith, Dante Douglas, Jamari Watkins, Sincere Kimbrough, who's back as a junior starting quarterback. They got plenty of talent. That's why we picked them as our favorites in our guide, as well as the people are talking about them. West Nealis are the defending city champs, by the way, but a lot graduated from that team. West Nealis has a lot that has graduated from that team, but Darius Bruce is the one main guy back, and they do have some other dudes. I mean, interesting game. It's a matter of can Brashear live up to the hype? Does Westinghouse run with a chip on the shoulder of the fact that they're the defending champs? And they and they basically did it with authority last year, but no one's really given them a chance to repeat. And, yeah, we're in that boat. Which one's greater, the hype or the chip? Normally I'd go with the chip, but I think it's Brashear. I think the Bulls have a lot to prove. I think this is a hungry group that wants to prove it in Don Schmidt's third year at the helm. I like Brashear to win. And then University Prep Alderdice. University Prep also got hit hard by graduation, but they but this program seems to be able to re to retool, not rebuild year in year out and compete. Alderdice had their run last year; they struggled, but a lot of those guys come back this year. Shakur Puck at quarterback, the two linemen and Solomon Johnson and Eric McClung. Two of the I mean, so there are two big dudes that 
college needs to start looking at. So we picked University Prep 2, Autodice 3 in our season guide. But I'm going to go Autodice in an upset. I think the Dragons have more experience. They're coming back. I think, and I think that's going to play off in the opening game here. And again, the city, when you have four teams make the playoffs, you know, that could be huge in terms of what the playoffs do look like. And then, then the city wraps up Saturday afternoon, 4.30. Perry takes on Carrick. Carrick's still an independent, but they got good games in. It's the opener. Carrick trying to turn things around. They're still waiting. Perry, they had Darnell Pepsi Farrow take over as head coach, one of the legends from Perry's state title team in 1989. They, got, they lost some guys who transferred out. They're trying to group the program. I think Perry wins this game, but don't be surprised if it's a low-scoring clanker. That's what we look like there. And that is a wrap, guys. So that's, that is our week three breakdown of Whitfield football. As of course, the action kicks off 7 o'clock tonight all across, all across our lovely Pittsburgh area. So I hope you guys enjoyed this. As, of course, our website, cover3athletics.wixsite.com slash westpa, and it's cover, the number three, and then athletics at our address bar. Find us on Twitter at cover3 underscore ATH, and the ATH is all capital. We're on Facebook as well as Instagram and TikTok. Check us out. Follow us. Give us a like, share our stuff. It's all about the athletes. And of course, enjoy our season guide, 100% free, available PDF. As well as, as in that part of that season guide is our City League 2020 preview, so check that out. Page 79 starts that since the City League kicks off today. So we appreciate it. Enjoy the action wherever you're going, watching, listening. Be safe. Have fun. We'll talk to you guys next Tuesday or Wednesday, as well as our Week 3 recap that we'll have on our website, our summaries and everything will be out. Hopefully by Monday night. If not, it'll be somewhere Tuesday. But again, we look forward to it. We enjoy you guys. We appreciate the love all the support we get. We do it for the athletes and just for the, and just for the love of WPIAL and football. So that being said, we'll see you guys next week. Enjoy the action and your weekend.